Hi, this is Jack, and you're listening to Starstruck, a journey into cosmic love. Don't be surprised if each episode has a different subtitle. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff! In love. Okay, I'll tell a story. No, I'll tell a story. Okay, fine. Well, okay. It's gonna be a lot of that. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm not thinking anything of it because you already said we're friends. Like, yeah. maybe we're talking at midnight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like. I'm learning about love right now. And how, like, everything that I thought about it is not wrong, just very mis- misinformed. It's okay to be soft and to be tender. It is so good to be finally releasing this episode. We're all quarantined due to the coronavirus. I am quarantined with my girlfriend and my roomies. And we are all so tired all the time and we don't know why. But this episode is going to be a love letter to everyone who is following the rules of the quarantine. Are you quarantined with someone you only recently started dating? Are you stuck away from your love? Are you missing your friends and family and other people you love? This episode is for everyone who loves love or maybe doesn't. Maybe you have a love-hate relationship with love. Maybe you want to learn how to love better. This podcast is specifically about queer love, a topic that is pretty unrepresented in my opinion. When I was a kid trying to figure out what my life was going to be like. I wish I had seen representation of like regular people in love. So I hope that these stories bring love and joy into your day and make you feel good while also learning hard things. I hope that through listening to these episodes, it helps us integrate that we deserve love no matter what it looks like. I also hope that we can use joy as a form of resistance in the face of oppression. Today, I am so excited to share with you an interview with Aya and Jess. They talked about getting to a place where they're ready for their relationship, and they fight about the specifics of how they ended up together. But luckily for us, they don't spare the mushy details. So I hope you enjoy the nature sounds in the background because we recorded outdoors, and the frogs get very loud. We're also going to test out some segments, and hopefully we'll find some keepers, so let us know which ones you like. All right, let's get to the interview. I'm Aya. I am from Atlanta, the West End, but I currently live in the Bronx, and I'm home visiting and also kind of plotting, thinking about when I'm going to come back and buy some houses at some point. Um... And also, Jessica's here with me. She came to visit with me. So that's pretty cool to meet my family and stuff. Um, And how I identify. First of all, as a bad bitch, I feel like that is gender (laughs) non-specific. And also, um, my pronouns are they, them. And I just identify, um, I, you know, I guess like it's not binary, just a spirit out here doing the thing. And yeah, I'm an artist and altar maker and all the things. So 
That's it. Farm hoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Jess. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. Uh, second trip to Atlanta. Boom, with this one here. Um, I identify uh, using she, her, hers pronouns, uh, which I guess makes me a woman. Uh, but, you know, I think that for me personally, gender is something that we define for ourselves. And I'm not really into like, oh, you wear pants, so you're more masculine than feminine or anything like that. Like, I decide what being a woman means to me, and I kind of just stick to that. Oh, also, I guess I should say I identify as queer. I, too, identify as queer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Queer's in a house. Where are you guys on your love path and love journeys? <laughs> and if you could maybe, like, talk about, like, your love journey together and also maybe, like, each of you start a little bit earlier than that and talk about, like, what brought you into the together love journey. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll start... At a little bit before I met Aya, um, I was going through what I've like redefined from uh, identity crisis to identity mm-hmm. journey. I want to challenge myself a little bit more and stop myself from saying, oh, this just isn't who I am and really explore like what it means to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that led me to Aya, as it turns out, because um, I went to this queer party that like I would have never went to had it not been for me trying to like explore new things with myself um and so yeah I met them at this uh at this queer uh femme party and didn't say anything to them (laughs) I just like (laughs) stared at them like a weirdo um but but yeah that was like the beginning of my my journey, my love journey with myself, right? Like just figuring out who I wanted to be and who I was and really honoring that truth. Um, but I feel like I just like, didn't like ignore, but like just didn't give any light or energy to. So that was like how this all began for me. And now with Aya, um, I get to explore that more uh, because they are someone who, like as soon as I met them the very first day, I was just like, wow they're so comfortable in their skin and in their body and like they are not apologetic for like taking up space and like that's amazing and that's like something that I was like struggling and trying to figure out with like how can I just be myself in spaces without feeling like I'm doing too much and like I felt Mm -hmm. like for a long time especially being like a black woman my presence alone is just too much in a room so it's like when I had long hair I wouldn't wear an afro because that's just too much blackness you know and like I just was so focused on trying to make sure other people felt comfortable with my presence um, that I didn't allow myself to be comfortable with my presence. And so I meet this person who is just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm walking into a room wearing whatever I want and I dare you to say something about it because I'm going to tell you about yourself and I'm just free. And that freedom was just like so inspiring to me. And I was like, wow, like I just want to like have like 1% of whatever they're drinking because there is some <laughs> magic in that. Um, and yeah, that's what really attracted me to like getting to know them and like just learning that like where that energy and confidence comes from because up until that point in my life, if I was just the kid like that would go to a party and just like stand on the wall. So yeah, our love journey is pretty much been just allowing ourselves to be our full selves and like giving 
coming into a relationship being complete already, right? Like, I feel like there's this narrative, like, oh, you complete me, and, like, you're my better half. And it's just like, no, I'm a full person, Mm -hmm. and you're a full person. And together we grow, and we make mistakes, and we learn about life and all of these things together. And, yeah, we just explore and, like, just grow. It's just, yeah, it's just a lot of fun learning things um, with someone else who has a completely different perspective of the world, who grew up on a completely different side of town than me and sees the world in ways that, like, I never thought. Like, I'd walk down the street and I'll say something like, yeah, let me tell you why that's problematic. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Like, what? Like, it's just cool that we could, like, check each other on, like, our privileges or, like, things that we're fearful of and, like, how we can, like, improve that for each other be like hey like this is something from your past that you're projecting onto this situation and let me show you what happens when you don't do that and like what windows and doors are open from that so yeah our love journey is like exploration and like just growing together okay i'm done (laughs) (laughs) cool that's all i needed (laughs) honestly um I would say my love journey began with myself. Um, just in, I think, arriving at this place of a few years prior, I was definitely had a lot of um, uncertainty and like an unsureness about my gender and like how I was perceived and how I dressed and all these things because there were like partners who generally I'm people perceive me as like femme or whatever but sometimes I'm I'm not and like like former partner of mine told me like I couldn't look more like boyish or masculine because she was the masculine person in the relationship yeah. <laughs> no way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so that was very early on in my um my like uncovering and understanding of my queer identity. And something that stood with me even more moving forward, like when I would meet someone and I was dressed one certain way, if I was dressed femme and then they asked me out and I arrived and I was more boyish looking and they were boyish looking and then it would be fucking weird because they were like this is not the person I asked out Mm -hmm. Um, and that was very challenging for me um, because I feel like some of us are where we say we are but a lot of queer folks just as we know like replicate a lot of the heteronormative behavior um, and expect binaries of people and so when you don't feel like you fit into either of those um, it's challenging and I also am not like outwardly perceived as like non-binary right so I just had a lot of like me dealing with that stuff by myself uh, for a while before even like dating someone and like having those conversations so I think that that was a big part for me to like meet someone who um, has not the same ideas but like similar beliefs for themselves and just like what gender means and like how we are expensive people and like you're not any more or less of a woman or like a queer person or whatever the things are um, depending on how you present and I had never like dated someone um, who felt like that it felt like I had to like shake myself or fold into myself in order for um, 
a side relationship. So that was like really massive for me. And then also, yeah, that was like really big for me. And I had dated one other person before Jessica, but prior to that, I was celibate for like two and a half years. Also just like focusing on myself, um, figuring all those things out and just becoming like good and complete and all the things that I feel like Jessica mentioned earlier. Um, and so finding again someone else who is like a whole being and someone who is on their own life path and doesn't need to like someone who can has most definitely their own light and their own shine and doesn't like have to pull from yours mm-hmm. um, it's really critical to me because when you are this kind of like big personality you're like boisterous person people oftentimes attract to that um sometimes wanting to take away from that instead of to add which can be a lot as well and so like finding a person who like has their own sense of self and groundedness um was very special and so between those couple things i was like all right who is this person Hi, I'm Bria. And I'm Jack. And welcome to Healthy Queers. Yay! This is a segment about being healthy mentally, emotionally, physically. Maybe not physically, but sexually. I think, yeah. Yeah, physically. Okay. That counts. We're here to talk about sex. Sex. (laughs) Specifically, sex during what we're going through right now which is a pandemic if you don't know what that is what just kidding but a pandemic is a worldwide spread disease is that right yeah so as we all know coronavirus is happening we're quarantined i probably had it i had every symptom it was awful so we're here to talk about some sex education just in case you are quarantined with your boo thing your baby your lover or a friend that you casually have sex with or whatever Brant and I have some really hot tips about how to get the best kisses (laughs) with minimal coronavirus transmissions heck yes (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. Because, you know, New York is, like, one of the hotspots of coronavirus um, in the U.S. So they have sent out some guidelines. Can you tell us about them? Yes. Maybe. Okay, so the main problem with having sex during coronavirus is that you don't even have to have sex to transmit it. You really don't even have to kiss, but kissing is, like, the main thing that they warn against. But luckily, there's, like, other fun ways you can have sex without kissing. They suggest that you can also potentially get coronavirus from feces. <laughs> okay, so which just is actually such a bummer. really important. Like, the two, because, you know, coronavirus is new. So there are new things popping up all the time about, like, what symptoms are and how it can be transmitted. So recently, over the past few weeks, they said that coronavirus could be spread through feces. So you have to watch out for... Um, any type of butt stuff yeah fingers mouth you should use um actually it doesn't say that but you should use a dental dam it says condoms and dental dams can reduce contact with saliva or feces so So it does say that main takeaways from this kisses and anything that puts your mouth close to a butt 
and your hand because obviously like washing hands so there's a lot of things actually there's a lot of protective things you can do you can use dental dams you can use condoms and you can use finger condoms yeah and it says you should gloves. wash up before and after sex yes so here's the point folks coronavirus is real it's scary and you might be in in quarantine or isolation with somebody that you might be having sex with or ha- was having sex with but please take precautions yeah another just like sad thing that it says is that you should skip sex if you're not feeling well which makes sense it does make sense Brie was sick for like 12 days though and that's just so long to go without kissing but we did it kind of we did it we did a really good job except for one day we tried kissing with some saran wrap between our faces <laughs> ah! i'm not gonna lie like i enjoyed it it was fun I, it was fun it got um it's just that if you get too into the kisses <laughs> um it can get kind of like wet <laughs> My main problem was that every time I, like, breathed in, the saran wrap, like, went up my nose a little right. bit. But it's also important to cover your nose if, like, right. I'm sick. So, like, you can't have, it like, It wasn't just over the mouth. Hand. It was, like, the whole face. The whole face. We were being really <laughs> cautious. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good... I think it's a good option. Yeah. People really? use it's saran wrap as dental dams, right? Yeah, you can. There's not, like, any studies about it that I found. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a small chance that it doesn't work, but mostly my research indicated that it, like, probably does. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would recommend it. Our makeup says lasted, like, only 30 seconds, though. Maybe two minutes. Okay. I think it was two minutes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think it was, like, adequate for how I was feeling versus... Um, That's true. ...getting plastic in our nose. I think, though, we did a pretty good job with that. And I think it was kind of fun. Be careful out there, folks. This is sex during Corona. Love in the time of Corona. Sex in the time of Corona. Happy, healthy, queer. Now, also, should we... Technically, you're supposed to be social distancing. So, like, I don't know if that means not having sex. But we are sharing this from the New York City health sex people we can link it in the show notes but like this is about intimacy during corona and i think that if it's like a what we know about coronavirus is that it can like live on surfaces and in spaces so if you're sharing spaces you're likely to be similarly infected i think so yeah like if you're living with people and you can't really help. yeah you are your safest sex partner yeah. masturbation will not spread covid19 especially if you wash your hands and any sex toys with soap and water for 20 seconds before and after sex <laughs> so like that's a pro tip can i see it there's another part i wanted to the next safest par- partner is somebody that you live with Having close contact, including sex, with only a small circle of people helps prevent spreading COVID. And then it says you should avoid close contact, including sex, with anyone outside your household. And if you... Whoa, this says... This is so... Whoa, listen. If you usually meet meet your sex partners online or make a living by having sex, consider taking a break from in-person dates. Video dates, sexting, and chat rooms may be options for you. Mm -hmm. This is really good. Like, you... 
actually you re- y'all should really read right this this really is like actual real public this health is why i like public health because like this is not what it's supposed to be it's just supposed to be like here are the facts like these are realities like don't fucking tiptoe around topics Reality. that you don't that you're like oh my god it could be kind of Taboo. controversial yeah well i we would like to shout out that new york city public health announcement about COVID and sex and remind us all to be healthy queers during this time. We're really excited to talk more about healthy sex (laughs) and relationships in this segment. Right, babe? Right. Anything else to say? Nope. Well, let's get back into the episode. (laughs) Yay. Yay. I'm hoping that you guys would be willing to sort of just like talk about more about like the meeting and the romance and like get real juicy in it. <laughs> oh real quick. yeah! I mean, we're gonna go back to like the hard stuff, but like yeah, let's just get it started. Yeah. <laughs> Should I tell the true story? Or you the true story. Let's tell the true story of what happened. Okay, I'll tell so the story. I was no, I'll tell the story. So then you can interject. Okay, fine. Well, okay, it's gonna be a lot of that. So first of all, there was. It was like the day of, I think, or the day before this um, black queer picnic. It was the same day. Same day. Yeah. Okay, so it was. Just, it was. It had just got hot. I feel like so. Niggas don't know how to act when you get hot. They want to come show out and show off. And so it was the same day. Um, a black queer picnic was organized. And everyone's just like, tell your friends, tell your friends, invite people. And in a matter of a few hours, it had to be over a hundred people. Um, in Prospect Park. It was so many, it happened so fast. I'm like, wow, queer people can organize, like, (laughs) so fast when it's a good time. When it's hard, though, where they at, okay? (laughs) But, (laughs) um, so we both were at this picnic with different people, and... She claims she didn't see me. I didn't see you. I didn't. I did not see you at all. Um, but I saw her and I was like, oh, this person's cute. But I was impressed. Like, I wasn't going to say anything because I was with my people. She's with her people. There was like a lot of people there. There's a lot of things going on. People giving out flowers and putting in people's hair and all kind of stuff. So I was like, I'm going to just mind my business, whatever. And so then that evening, there was a Fin Primacy party. Hey, shout out Shayna, um, which is a party in Brooklyn that um, centers and uplifts like up films and like I think particularly films of color. Um, and we both were there, and you know Jessica was just just so quiet. The person she came with was actually being hit on by my friend. No, was hitting on my friend, buying them drinks. So just gonna have nobody stand next to her. So <laughs> she just was looking all shy. And I was like, oh, this cute person's here again. So I go up to ask to her, ask her, did she want to dance? Which, of course, I don't really know what she says, but I think it, it was yes. <laughs> because then I started dancing on her. I started twerking, I started shaking my ass. And then... <laughs> And then my roommate at the time comes up and is like, um, we finished dancing and then she comes and tells me, oh, the car, she ordered a car. And at the time, the party was in Brooklyn. I live in Harlem, so I was like, oh, I got to get in this car. I can't uh, lollygag because that's a far ride. So I was like, oh, it was nice meeting you. Like, 
I just thought it was nice to talk to her, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, I assume she's going to ask me for my number. <laughs> <laughs> because not only have I come and introduced myself, we've danced. I then come up to her again, tell her I'm leaving. says how nice it was to dance with you. She says, no thanks. <laughs> so I go home like, wow. <laughs> That's crazy because I saw her looking at me before I even went to ask her to dance. Like... I saw her seeing me. Wow. That's really crazy. <laughs> so then a few days later, I was like, all right, all right. I'm going to just find her because, I don't know, there's something about her. <laughs> so I find her on Instagram, and then I DM her. Yes. I found her because there was a big picture of the picnic. The picnic. And people were tagged okay. in it. And so I found her Instagram. I had to go through all these random people's Instagram. I'm like, I don't know none of these people. <laughs> And I DM her. Okay, so this is the part she thinks is so funny <laughs> that she didn't even know until recently. So I also co-organized a like financial literacy and susu group for like queer people of color. And so I was sending information to someone about like saving or investing or something. And so I sent it to them, and Jessica and I had spoken. I was like, oh, so nice to meet you. She's like, yeah, you too. And that was it. And I was like, this girl don't got no game. <laughs> oh my god, like. I have given you all the signs. I'm, oh my God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so I legitimately sent this email, I mean, this DM to someone who I was trying to tell some information about financial literacy. And then I was like, you know what, let me just go ahead and send this message to Jessica too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then financial literacy. I yes. said it was an accident. So they faked it. Yes. And then they it wasn't. Yes. <laughs> they sent me this whole essay. It was then- not an it was a very long message. And I was like, trying to help them get them yeah. their credit together. So, so they said that. They, so like, yeah, so listen, let me tell you my version real quick. And I'll finish the rest of this story. Let me fill in the plot holes. So yeah, we were at the picnic, which I did not see Aya at. Don't I believe was, it. Man. I did not see them. There were so many people there. You know how many bald bitches are, are queer and are in these spaces? A lot. Okay, but then I was I was newly bald, so it was just like a whole bunch of bald people around. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, so I I really didn't see them, or I might have seen them, but like I don't remember it. I can't recall at this moment. I'm just not memorable. (gasps) I can't recall. (laughs) But but I do remember seeing them at the party that I went to with the person who threw the picnic, and they were really hyping me up, like, oh my god, look at all these girls here, like you better back something. And I'm like, no, I'm chilling. Like this was like my first like time like deciding okay i'm gonna go out i'm gonna be social i'm gonna like talk to people and so she's like pointing at different girls I'm like no 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 and she points at aya and i'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like they're cute whatever i'm not pressed they were over here like popping and twerking and, and i'm like that seems like too much for me I'm like, and so then like i'm like looking at them and I'm, like do a little glance here and there you know when you're like trying to be cool and then aya comes all over all aggressive like you want to dance or what okay the music was loud and she was like, what? What? I'm like, do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? Like, <laughs> shouting at me. So we danced, and I don't really remember any conversation that happened after dancing, but they, I do remember them coming back saying, all right, well, my car is here, so I got to go. And I'm like, okay, well, it's cool. Like, see you around. And, like, I didn't take that as a sign that, like, I'm supposed to, like, ask for a number or do anything like that. Like, I'm not... I'm not a player or anything. I was like, <laughs> okay, cool, bye. And then when they DM me, eyes. they DM me. I'm like, oh, this is the same person who like was dancing at the party. So when they like lie to me, and and then um 
They sent me that whole message, and they're like, oh, my God, sorry, that was an accident. How weird. LOL. That was but all lie. of this is made up. Because right? <laughs> like, it wasn't an accident. So they're, like, I going on this. with this charade of, like, Someone. oh, LOL. You probably think I'm so crazy for okay, sending whoa, this. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I can get that serious. I can bring it back up. Okay, first of I all. Bring it up. I still have it in my DM, so yes. we could go there. But, yeah, you're like, LOL, no, that was for someone else. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, you do, like, financial literacy and, like, I made like a funny joke about like that's how you back shawties by talking about this and I was like oh, and then I was like yeah it's better than me because like I just meet people at parties and don't say anything after oh, like, wait, and this it- actually- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believed it when she said you, when they said you didn't have game <laughs> but wait <laughs> and then yeah so I was like yeah I mean like it's better it's better like than what I do and then like well it worked here's my number and they gave me their number so I was like they didn't even do anything I was just like oh oh snap like, I was like at a friend I mean a friend was at my apartment that day and I remember I was like going through Aya's Instagram you know you just start stalking and yeah. looking at all of and I'm like yo look at this person like they just like DM'd me like they're so cute and they're like looking at it and like see like the pole dancing pictures and all these other things and my friend's just like mm, watch out man like this is a, just, like this seems like a lot for you like what no no what and they're like be careful so like yeah we started texting um and like we just like yeah hit it off they were funny um they had a good sense of humor they sent voice memos instead of text messages which i fucking hated um i was like why is this person ruining my life um because i just yeah i just like i'm not in quiet places often so it was like really hard to like hear them and i don't know if you could tell from this but they have this southern accent (laughs) that like comes in and out anytime they please and it's just like what do you what they'd be like what are you saying (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah so we started texting each other and then like made plans to go on a date and like literally i asked him on a date and it's like i hope you don't think i'm gonna act any different on this date i'm gonna be the same person and i'm just like Okay, okay, listen, because we were hanging out first and it was unclear whether it was a date or not and I can be kind of shady and I was like, just because you go on a date doesn't mean I'm going to be less shady. Right. I'm going to be the same shady it, bitch it was, on the date. Yeah. And I had to make that clear. Yeah, it was a lot of them just being shady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like we would hang out. We spent all this time together. We watched the sunset. We spent literally like 10 sunrise. hours. Sunrise. We watched the sunrise one night and I was like, wow, this is so fun. And like there was nothing. There were no signs that they like were interested in me at all. Like we would get like a hug, but nothing. No kiss on the cheek or anything. So I was like, all right, this is not going anywhere. And then like... They, I don't, yeah, like it was just weird. I was just like, I like hanging out with this person, but I can't tell if they like me, which is weird because they like hit me up, right? right? So I'm like having these ideas in my head, like also because like I had like other people who were like interested in me who were showing much more like attention and being like, oh my god, like I think you're cute and blah blah blah. And then this one over here is just like giving me no play, even though they're the ones who like went out of their way to find me on Instagram. So I was like getting mixed messages from them, and I was just like so like what's up and then no you were like so what's up you like dm'd me no you messaged me when i was i was on a date with somebody else and then <gasps> i didn't know that yeah they didn't know i didn't know and I, was, I was on a so date the drama i was on the a drama. date <laughs> 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 and then they texted me like so I was like are we dating or what and i was like actually do you want to meet and talk about this and i was like this was after our first date that we had at some vegan diner and I was like, okay, cool. So I, like, left my date and made up for them. 
<laughs> love that. And I'm just like, so what's up? And they're like, yeah, I don't want to date you. Like, you seem, like, too sarcastic and, like, we're too much of the same okay, energy. Okay, wait. First of all, they were very sarcastic uh, about vegan food when we went on our date. And I'm like, you know what? I get so much shit from people because I'm plant-based that, like, I'm not dating someone who's going to talk shit about what I eat all the time. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just I made going. a few jokes. Like, it wasn't anything serious, but they, like, were very sensitive. And, and so they were like, yeah, like, you Bro, were really guys. making fun of me. And they're like, whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, like, inside I was like, oh, what a bummer. Like, I like them, but whatever. I'm not pressed, so fine. <laughs> I don't care. And so, so yeah, we talked for so long. And, like, they said they didn't want to, like, date me. Or, and, like, they wanted to just, like, maybe be friends. And then, like, we were just there sitting and talking. And they were, like, holding my hand and, like, rubbing my knee. And I'm just That's like. That's not confusing. I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? And I'm like, fuck. Like, now I want to, like, kiss them. But I'm, like, all about, like, you know, consent. And, like, I'm not going to, like, do something after they just told me right. that they don't want anything serious with me or whatever. So I was like, okay, cool. So it's just, like, lingering, like, hanging out, like, <laughs> waiting for the train to come. And I'm just like, okay, well, <laughs> bye. And I was just like, oh, my God, I wish I kissed them. And I did it. But it's okay. We'll be friends. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Grow some cojones and at least, like, try to, like, shoot your shot one more time. So I, like, texted them, like, after I got on my train and they were, like, at the stop. And I was like, oh, like, I'm glad we talked about everything. I appreciate your honesty and I look forward to a friendship. But I'm not going to lie. I really wish, like, I had a chance to kiss you tonight. And then they were like, oh, like, LOL. Like, don't tap me. Like, whatever. Yeah, like, I, I go. I was so thinking, mixed messages. I, yeah, I was like, oh, like, I really wanted you to. But, like, we should be responsible and, like, just be friends. That went out the window. That went out the window <laughs> within 48 hours. <laughs> and then I fucked them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Then I was in Harlem like two nights later with a friend and I texted them like, oh, I'm in your hood. And they were at home at the time. But then like, I guess when when you got home, you were like, oh, if you're still in Harlem, like this is my address. It was like midnight. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I was like, with my friend like, dude, like, what do you think this means? Like, go over there. And I'm like, but like, what? It's late. And I was like, like oh, well, I don't want to impose. And like, I was like, well, if I gave you my address, clearly I want you to come over. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm not thinking anything of it because you already said we're friends. Like, yeah. maybe we're talking at midnight. I don't know. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, went over there and I'm just like, you know, super fucking nervous. Like, fucking, my stomach was in knots. <laughs> we're just like sitting on the couch having small talk. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like, should I go in for a kiss or are you going to kiss me? And eventually they just kissed me. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh my God. Yeah. And so then exciting. it's so funny because I didn't know that they were dating somebody because I don't actually give a fuck. Right, I'm still dating. This is <laughs> And then the girl, like, was texting her all day the next day, and Jessica was with me, and then the girl was like, what's up? And she was like, I knew something had changed that Friday. <laughs> and then that was, like, the end of that, so. <laughs> yes. But Jessica didn't even tell me she was dating somebody else. I told you eventually. Yeah, I later. Just, I but... told you eventually. It just all happened so fast. I thought, like, you know, we were going to just be friends, and then yeah, right, then... we weren't. Oops. <laughs> so that's our meet cute. <laughs> that is really cute. Ugh, I love that. A mess. A mess. So like, what was going on with you? Like, oh my god. Did, were you just having mixed messages with yourself? I was. <laughs> I think what I learned when I was celibate for like two and a half years <laughs> is that I think no, I don't think I know people meet each other. 
and are attracted to each other and immediately take it for a romantic attraction when it isn't necessarily so. But I think that's the like easiest thing. Mm. Um, when sometimes it's just we should have been friends. And then it might be hard to um, form a relationship once you've already been intimate in that way. Um, and I realized I had done that in the past and I just wanted to be more mindful of that so that I can have like, A, that I can build relationships that aren't only built around this type of like romantic intimacy because we deserve to have a plethora of relationships that look many different ways. Um, but for a lot of people, they only experience intimacy in romantic relationships and can't imagine anything outside of that. Um, mm. Oh, yes. You know, it's like, well, if we're not fucking... Loving this? Then, like, <laughs> do, are, are you important? Like, you know, like, people... Mm-mm-mm-mm. So many people, when they get into a relationship, discard their friendships yeah. as if those aren't intimate relationships. And so I just wanted to really be mindful mm-hmm. of that. Um, and, like honor that and so and I also didn't want to like waste somebody's time mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do that and I think it's it's not complicated it's just tricky when you're like dating someone and you're still figuring out you can like someone but that doesn't mean you're going to be compatible or yeah. this person is like good for you and or you're good for that person mm-hmm. okay we are going to take a break for a segment called love lessons in this segment ashley provides some wisdom that she has been gathering recently about love all right here we go i'm learning about love right now and how like everything that i thought about it is not wrong just very mis- misinformed mm. And that I never really knew about love. I just assumed that love would come and it'd be like this wonderful feeling and I would just like be so enamored and like I would just know what love is when it came to me. And apparently, that's just not how... (laughs) (laughs) This is not how it um, it works. So Mm -hmm. I started reading this book called All About Love by (gasps) Bell Hooks. Yes. I've read that twice. I'm going to have to read it three more times. Yeah. I'm sure. So one of the things she said in it was like to have a clear definition of love. Mm-hmm. And so I paused there and I was like, well, let me just see what my definition of love is. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it. It was like all like I, I didn't have it. Yeah. I didn't have one. I was thinking about like the one past relationship that I've been in, like my only relationship. And I was like, well, what did that feel like? And so what I've I learned from that relationship is like we would come to this impasse and we'd be like, okay either we're going to be together or we're not. And we always chose to be together. And so that's the only thing that I took from love is that how hard it was. (laughs) And I was like, surely this isn't love. Love isn't hard. They didn't say love is hard. Mm -hmm. It's just a love is this beautiful thing. So her definition is the will to extend one's self for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another spiritual growth. And I was like, oh, I've done that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. And that is what I'm learning. And that's why I say like, I'm happy where I am because I realize that. Mm-hmm. So now I know that I choose to. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm excited to choose yeah. to do that. But more so, I now know, I have now defined my relationships as they are now. Mm-hmm. So I know if it's a loving relationship or not, whether it's based off affection, care, or mm-hmm. if it's just like, I just infatuated with you. Yeah. It was more so like, okay, no, this is where we are. Now I know what love is. So when I came to you excited about that, it wasn't because I'm like, oh my God, there's no love in my life. It's because 
<laughs> it was because I finally realized, oh, I know how to yeah. get it now. Yeah. So like, whatever for that in the past, like mm-hmm. actively, I am now knowing that the relationships that I seek that are romantic aren't really based in love. And that most of my love-based relationships are my friends. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, friends, man. Fuck yeah, friends. And I've, I've always known that, but like literally this book has put so much into perspective. <laughs> That's my biggest thing. If I could ever preach that to anybody, that'd be my main lesson. You need friends. Mm-hmm. Fuck the love, fuck the marriage, fuck the kids. Find some friends, like true friends, really like good, good friends, like find some friends first. Like you can have it all. I prompt find the friends first, <laughs> then find the love, then find your person, find a friend first. I'm telling you, save your life and then keep those friends within the relationship. Yeah. It'll be your litmus test to see if that relationship will work. Cause if you ain't fuck with my friends, we're probably, cause my friends are like a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. That's why I chose them. They will be here before you, after you, during you. Find <laughs> some friends. Luckily, with my friends, I can also be intimate with them. Like, we just need to be touched. We're starving for mm-hmm. it, guys. We're all anxious. We're all depressed. Granted, the world is ending. Yep. <laughs> we could love each other on the way down. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's that's where we are in life right now. Yeah. Exploring love, exploring poly things without any commitment. Except to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we define love, so now... It really was helpful, honestly. God, it was so helpful. Next, I want to move into like the things that are hard about being together and like growing and all that good stuff (laughs) so what are like what is hard about being together and also like what are some things that you're working on right now like in your love path I think the biggest thing not that it's I mean relationships are hard right I don't think you should get into a relationship and think that there won't be any challenges or difficulties and I think sometimes for me specifically that was definitely my mindset where it's like oh we had an argument we must not be working so we're over Mm -hmm. um and it'll be like an argument about like what's better barbecue or ketchup I don't know but like maybe not that small but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think for me it was really and it has been really working on communicating through like those tough things whereas like I just never had to before because I was never in like any real like serious or relationships that I valued enough to like want to work through. Mm. And so for me, it's just like, okay, this thing that you said hurt my feelings, but like, I'm just going to let it go because that's what I've done in the past. Um, And like moving away from that to being like more vocal and honest about it and be like, hey, like when you did this, it really made me feel sad. And like, I need to process that for myself and why it made me feel sad so that I can communicate it to you. And we can talk about like what we can do better to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, And so I think I, I say it's hard, but it's more so hard for me as an individual versus hard part of our relationship. Like, I don't think it's hard to communicate with Aya. I think it's hard for me to learn how to communicate with Aya. And Mm -hmm. it's just, like something that I'm just like learning and growing and trying to be better about um, for myself because it's like okay I'm with this person who I 
have complete trust in and I know that they value me for all of me and like they recognize that I'm not a perfect person and so like when I make mistakes or when I like am struggling with something they won't be like oh this is messy I'm gonna walk away so it's just like knowing that when I tell them something vulnerable or like are scary or honest about like what I'm feeling that they'll actually listen to me and be like okay well let's like work on that like let's think where this can come from so I think for us it's like when we communicate about something I think we try really hard to like not let the first reaction be like we take this personal like oh you said this and it hurt my feelings and then you respond well I'm not a mean person I didn't mean hurt your feelings so like you know like Mm -hmm. we like think about it and be like okay like what about this hurt your feelings and like is this something that you've experienced like all your life right I think we we have like a lot of deep conversations but sometimes it's like oh does everything have to be this deep but (laughs) but yeah sometimes it does and I think like I'm just like learning and unlearning so much every day um from just communicating about like how I feel and like why this makes me angry or sad or happy and like really like talking about that all the time so we don't always just like communicate when something goes wrong where it's like if we have a really good day together or if we like had a disagreement and we like worked it out like in that moment we'll be like wow like that was good like we like we like had this thing and we just like worked through it in the moment and like wow what a grown-up thing we just did <laughs> um so it's like celebrating those things too and we like make achievements and like communicating because I think we both come from some not so great relationships where there were a lot of unhealthy habits and like what you held in and like what you shared and how you shared it right where it's just like you yell at each other or you like resent that person and you like do all these passive aggressive things and I think we've tried really hard not to hold on to something and to like really be honest with each other even when it hurts and when it's really hard and like we might not see eye to eye but I think we try really hard to to at least be able to understand where the other person is coming from and it's just like if you tell me something and it's just like this bothers me um don't do it again right that's like that's not helpful I think it's like this bothers me because this is my experience with this situation and this is what I feel when you do that and like it just allows you to really think about and be more intentional about your actions and how you how you love someone right because we have this whole I grew up with this ideology of like treat others how you want to be treated when really it's like treat people how they ask to be treated right like we don't all want to be treated the same or love the same so it's like what can I do (laughs) (laughs) treat people how they want to be treated right so it's like what can I do to really not just project like well for me if I buy you something that shows you that I love you and you should know that versus someone saying like well no I actually prefer words of affirmation and I prefer quality time and these are the things that are most important to me Um, so it's really allowing Aya to teach me how to love them and like being open to that and recognizing that I need to speak up and teach them how to love me and not just accept whatever they give me but say like hey actually I prefer this instead um, and not be worried that they'll say well I'm not going to do that like I think uh, the more time we spend together and get to know each other like just as individuals again it just comes back to that like knowing them as a person not knowing them like as my partner like you're not Aya my partner you're Aya a human being they've really made me aware of like hey so this is how you're acting um, and this is how it feels for me on this side of it so that's been really helpful and like we I've speak for myself and saying like I have grown into such a better human being because of this relationship and like just for for me existing in the world I'm a better mother I mean a better mother. <laughs> I'm not a mother I'm, I'm a better daughter I'm a better friend I'm 
I'm a better everything because of the things that they've taught me in this relationship. And I think that's what's important is that they are teaching me things not for their own selfish reasons, like to make me a better lover for them. They're teaching me things that help me just exist in the world as a better, well-informed human being. Um, and that's big. That's like very important to me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired. <laughs> I would say the most challenging thing, especially as of late, is what you laughing at? I was like, what are you about to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it just, and we talked about this a little yesterday, I think, but really realizing that we are all coming with like our own story prior to this relationship right like we are coming with our own experiences and our own like joys and our own sorrows um and our own coping mechanisms that maybe at one point really served us but right now no longer do and figuring out how to like shed those things to grow into other things um And that can be fucking tough when you're, like, black people and when you're queer people and when you're a woman or, like, woman perceived and when you're, like, like, um, working class and when you have, like, family who's, like, um, you've had challenging relationship with or folks who are, like, in the, um, been incarcerated. Just all these things um, that touch so many of us including myself and Jessica in different ways, sexual assault, like all these things. And um, those things, until we actively like deconstruct, and also mental health, um, and really examine how those things we embed as a part of our personality or the ways that we just think we move through the world. Like, oh, I moved, this is just me, as opposed to like, and we we had we had a challenging time yesterday, but a lot of it was us talking about like these are things that have been traumatic, and so we ad- adapted this way so that we could like move through the world in the best way that we could in the past and right now like it maybe is not serving us so like what do we do to um move out of that space? Which I think the most challenging part of that is that even if we shed some of those coping mechanisms we're still black (laughs) like we're still all the things um and so how do we both like keep ourselves protected when we move out into the world um and it's our various communities and also like figure out ways to shed those things when we're with each other and with like protected communities in general right whether it's Jessica and I or and Jessica is with her mother or if Jessica is with her friends, like, how do we, yeah, just how do we, like, go from walking on the street where we're being, like, violent things are happening yeah. to walking out into the house where we're sharing a meal um, and taking those things off, mm. um, right? And this is not a new concept, right? This is double consciousness. These are things that, like, black people and black scholars have written about and have lived for a long time. Um, but also <laughs> like when it continues to have all these intersections it's just like those things obviously impact our interpersonal relationships um, and that shit is tough 
Um, and so I think we're definitely still figuring those things out um, together and separately. Because, yeah, we can figure out how to be soft and vulnerable with each other, but that doesn't necessarily serve us when we live in, in a police state, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, in New York City. Like, those things are not... Sometimes we need that, that shell to just move through the world outside. So I think those are things that have been challenging to navigate. Um, yeah. It's just like a heavy answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, have you... Um, like, are there any ways that you have discovered that are helpful for you in terms of navigating, like, the, like, oppressive world that we live in? <laughs> I would say one that is fairly new, but we've been doing for a little while, is every morning we share our gratitude and prayers and, like, intention for the day. Um, we both have our own practices of writing and meditating and stuff separately, but this is the first shared one um, that is consistent when we spend the night with each other. Um, and I also find it to be really helpful if we have a challenging day, like with each other, like the next morning to be like, all right, maybe we were upset with each other yesterday, <laughs> but today what I'm grateful for is you. <laughs> um, so I think that is really key. And also just support um for me I like overwork a lot and so like having someone who supports me in a number of ways and encourages me not to overwork um which is like comes out of a place of scarcity and like not having enough money and all these things that at one point have been my reality um and that I still cling to sometimes so having someone who like constantly affirms that this is actually not where you are right now. You actually don't have to run yourself into the ground. Like, just want to be um, just, like, gently remind me of things that we can otherwise, like, internalize. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to just be, like, empathetic. <laughs> In general, like the world is not an empathetic place generally. Mm-hmm. Like you have folk, you have specific people or communities who are. Um, yeah, and to be patient with me, which also is not a thing that just is floating around like New York City. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I say those things. Yeah, I mean, you said all of the things <laughs> that I would have said. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> One thing that I found really cool about spending time with you guys today is is like what you're saying about patience and like even though you were having like a really big fight yesterday like today I felt like you had like you had like some sort of understanding between each other that you weren't meaning bad things like when you gave advice or when you were suggesting to do something a different way like it was really cool to like see you guys accept that with like in a way that felt like you received it as care in a way mm-hmm. so I thought that was really cool yeah, I so. think yeah I think what you said is that's the most important part is just recognizing that they mean well right like you don't you're not trying to hurt my feelings or make me feel stupid or incompetent or anything like that you're doing this because you're being considerate of like 
what works best or like hey like i see you struggling with this this might help if you do these things and also recognizing mm-hmm. that we both have our our like strengths and weaknesses and we don't need to be good at everything and like it's yeah. okay if like i'm better at technology than you are <laughs> like that's fine and use that and like, take advantage <laughs> of that right like i i hope that you learn some things from me when it comes to the things that i have to offer the same way i learn things from you when it comes to like spirituality and like eating better foods and like growing my own plants right like so it's just a give and take situation where it's just like you don't know this thing and that makes you a weaker partner it's like oh i have this strength that i can now share with you and make you stronger and like more knowledgeable in this thing and like that is well received was like oh my goodness thank you for sharing this with me and like yeah i think we just have to look at it from the perspective of like just like sharing the wealth and like trying to help each other be more well-rounded individuals i am an extra ass bitch (laughs) just inherently like i um live big (laughs) and i expect a lot from people and I like demand excellence in certain work in my work in general let me not play and I can be a perfectionist and I can be loud and I can be all these things and I can also be you know some of those not some of those things and soft and quiet as well but like even when I'm my most full self um in like taking up a lot of space and sometimes second guess that I'm so grateful that Jessica has never told me that I'm too much or too big or any of the things. And in fact, she's always said like, it's never too much. Like you're never taking up too much space. And I think that that is such a like, that's just such an important message for folks to hear who are so used to having to fold themselves to exist and to thrive into all these spaces, right? We're talking about if you're a person of color and like going to a predominantly white school or working in a predominantly white company or whatever that looks like or if you're queer and you feel like you have to hide that or all these things where you feel like you cannot be your full self so to like be my absolute full self which can be a lot like <laughs> and to have a partner who has never told me that it's too much ever um, even when I'm like, all right, I'm about to work outside and my nipples showing and all the things I'm about to talk upside down <laughs> and like read a book at the same time and just everything. She is like always in full support. And that feels like really important um, in a way that so many of us just aren't gifted. Also from, from our own communities in a lot of ways that we have to shrink and our families are in, you know, different places that we, we we spend our time. And that is like very, very fulfilling. And same, I, I do the same with her, obviously. Always, always, always. Um, even though she's a little quieter. <laughs> um, and it just makes me feel safe in like, yeah, I just don't, I can be my complete full self. And that feels like such a gift in a world that tries to shrink us um at all times yeah yeah it's a good one <laughs> um i would say just like to piggyback off that i'm gonna hate if you say that i'm just gonna piggyback off that aka steal your answer right you don't got no thoughts for yourself no. well it's really not a piggyback it's my own answer i just want to like make it seem like they're connected <laughs> so that we can seem connected okay. 
but no, I would definitely tell my younger self and also anyone who needs to hear these sort of things, which is everybody, really. This is a message for everyone in the world. Uh, but it's something that I remind myself of very daily, um, like hourly minutes everything. <laughs> um, but it's just like it's okay to be soft and to be tender I think a lot of the time especially when I was trying to come into my own you go through circumstances with relationships or even friendships like family relationship all of these things where you might be you know considered too soft or too forgiving and they'll be like oh like you know toughen up like if you have a really bad friendship and it's just like you are you forgive them for something and then you feel stupid for doing that or you wait back into back into a relationship that you knew was toxic but you saw better of this person and we're like oh i need to be more hardened mm-hmm. and like we live in a world where people are being killed for the color of their skin and like trans folks can't exist in the bodies that they wish to exist in right so we have all of these things around us on the daily we have a president who is like the most like hatred and like bigot and all these things right and it's like this is a reality that we have to wake up to every morning and it can make you want to just like toughen up your skin because the world is such an awful place um <laughs> this is getting better i swear um but no yeah I'm it's with just it, you know <laughs> it's just life. like to have that reminder to be soft and it's just like to be tender and to share that and to receive that i think um that's something that i really try to to live with every day and i made a decision a few years ago to like you know see things through love's perspective that's kind of been like my motto for like a few years now where it's just like I can look at someone's actions and like be angry and resent them or I can look at it from a perspective of love and be like okay I get it like you're rushing me to get on this train but this is your last warning of being late to work and if you're late one more time you're fired right so you're just trying to get on this train so you have a job to take care of your family right like there are so Mm -hmm. many different ways and perspectives that we can look at actions that happen to us Um, And I think when you allow yourself to just see things from that perspective, it helps make you softer and like see people as people who are just trying to get by in this hard world the same way that we are. So if it's something as small as like smiling at someone or like complimenting them in some way, like it can really go a long way. And I think being in a relationship with someone who allows me to be as soft and tender as I want and doesn't say things like, oh, like toughen up or like stop being so soft or like any of these things and who allows me to cry sometimes because you know I saw a homeless person on the street and like yeah we see homeless people every day but for some reason this time it really made me sad and I can cry to them and they're not like bitch (laughs) what are you like are you kidding me like we could just like we can just cry to each other sometimes about how unfair things are in the world and like feeling safe and like protected in a person in that way is major and like in this world and I don't think I've ever had someone who made me feel so safe and protected to be so vulnerable and hopefully I allow them to do those things too and yeah I would just I would just advise myself my younger self like it's okay girl (laughs) be soft as you can and eventually you'll meet someone who you can just lay all that softness into and you're gonna get it right back and it's gonna feel like magic and yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> that was connected right you both said that you feel safe yeah you're your your full self full soft self full softy self okay so fucking cute <laughs> yay yay we did it
excited. We made it to the end of the podcast. I'm so happy if you're still here with us. Shout out to Aya and Jess for sharing their story and seriously supporting this project since forever ago when I thought up the idea. Aya has a new song out that you should definitely check out. It's called Primordial and you can find them at Creatrix, spelled C-R-E-A-T-R-X. They're on Spotify. And of course, I'll put some links in the show notes. Also, shout out to Ashley for contributing to a super awesome segment. And you can find them at their website at grady-lee.com. Also, shout out to my beautiful girlfriend for editing this episode. And to the Kindler Park and Midtown locations of Flying Biscuit for sponsoring the launch party. They agreed to cater and are even flexible about changing the date due to social distancing. Urban Tree Cidery is also going to sponsor the launch. Also, please follow us. You can find us at Starstruck Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Patreon. And if you want to email us, like if you want to submit something to be a segment, you can send us some audio at starstruckstuff at gmail.com. Or if you just want to like tell us anything, hopefully good things, but also we do accept criticisms. Since you made it to the end of the credits, you get an Easter egg. One morning, I woke up and Bria started talking to me about all these videos she had seen of ostriches running. And so she's going to give you an animal facts Easter egg. She's going to include some stuff on mating, so it's a little bit on theme. But mostly it's just because Bria sounds really cute when she gets excited about ostriches. Welcome to the Easter Egg. This is Bria. I'm the editor. And I want to talk to you a little bit about ostriches. I don't know why I started looking up ostriches this one day. I don't know if I was like anxious and looking up animal videos. I feel like that's what happened. And then it led to like this whole thing of me trying to understand some things about ostriches. Okay. And I found out about the ostrich mating call and the hierarchy of the hen new band name I call it okay (laughs) alrighty so here's the things you need to know one the male ostrich does a mating call and dance I will link a link I'm gonna leave a link in the description because it's so funny to watch definitely gotta warn you that there's like a large ostrich penis so just know that that's a thing okay so anyways Here's what you need to know about the ostrich. The ostrich, the male ostrich does a mating call and a mating dance. And it gets up on its like tall ass ostrich legs and dance and waves its arms around until a female ostrich is like, hell yes, I want to mate because of that dance specifically. (laughs) And the female ostrich like shows up and like sits itself down in preparation to be mated with and then the male ostrich does a run over like a run with its big ass ostrich legs again also ostriches can stand like nine feet tall like this is a massive bird all right and they can't fucking fly (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think I'd be annoyed, but it's so big and it can run like almost 40 miles an hour. That's another part that you should just know about the ostrich is that they are fast. And I was watching this really funny video the night that I was watching all these ostrich videos of these ostriches chasing these cyclists, which I just thought was so funny. No offense to the cyclists. I don't. I want you guys to be okay. But that was funny. Like the guy like turned around and like the ostrich was like next to him running <laughs> anyways he was going uphill like he really had to like get into adrenaline mode to like not get run down by this ostrich anyways so then the ostrich go the male ostrich back to the mating goes over to the ostrich and gets on it and nestles in and then mates and it is a sight okay so first the, the male ostrich like gets on there and like flaps shakes its wings like its wings shake while they're mating and then the head goes back and forth like he's just vibing and um and then he impregnates homegirl now granted that's not quite how that works it's like for i don't know eggs you get i'm not explaining that part um okay but then this is my favorite part ostriches are non-monogamous okay so the male ostrich does this three to five more times in mating season but they all you know cohabitate so to speak but only the head hen the head honcho hen sits on all their eggs right but you know what she does do you know what the head hen does she moves her eggs to the middle of the little ditch so they make like a little shallow like hole for all the eggs <laughs> from all the hens and the main hen sits on them she puts her eggs in the middle so that if she has to fight off some predators they won't eat her eggs but they'll eat the other hen's eggs and then sort of my favorite part about this story is that if there's a predator like lurking because ostrich eggs are huge so it'll last a little while for like a coyote or something she'll roll out one of the outward eggs to the coyote or whatever is predatoring and be like oh here you go to distract you a little bit so i don't have to fight you over the egg pile anyways that's my story about ostriches i think that they are so interesting and tall and <laughs> you should look up ostriches running on youtube and then you should also look up ostrich mating call but i'll leave links in the description because it's so fun to watch and that's the end of the ostrich egg <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Say bye to the people. Bye. Give them a little bit more. Bye, bitches. No. Uh <laughs> <laughs>